Hey guys, Footy Focus Podcast, episode 18. We are recording on Wednesday, 24th of August, and joined by my co-host Shahan, who's probably glad the season is over. Hey, Shanika, yes, glad, and yeah, very happy and optimistic after the good news um, a day before our last game. But uh, yeah, it's been a long year for both our teams, but we're both looking forward to the real stuff starting, i.e. the trade and the draft yeah we got um yeah the australian all australian team and the few awards being announced tonight as well and um yeah might as well jump on straight to the review so not the review the talking point so that's clarko to the roots so that was announced last friday yeah friday morning yeah so uh interesting week so i think we talked a little bit about this last week how it was a bit of a roller coaster of emotions with us shortening to a dollar twenty in the betting for him before the Essendon stuff happened. So then after that happened and Clarko still had hadn't committed. I think a lot of Roos supporters would have been very anxious and that's how I felt. Uh yeah, on the Monday especially and the Tuesday with no word. because uh, you, you'd think, oh, he's just holding off until a bigger club comes into the picture and signs with them because there's been no leaks. Um yeah, the only hint of confidence would have been through Sonia Hood when she said we're comfortable with where we're at. Uh, but yeah, the whole Essendon thing threw a spanner in the world. So, um, and then, then he went to Adelaide, which was a bit random. But he apparently texted Ken Hinckley saying he's coming over, but not or not done to take a job, pretty much. So, um, in hindsight, you look at all these things he said and all the clues, and it sort of added up to him doing quite the right thing and the just thing. Mm. Um, and not selecting a club which had, yeah, treated their coach at the time like this in Rudden. Uh, but yeah, it was an interesting day. So I actually got a little bit sick on Thursday and I left work early and I didn't go to work on Friday. So when the news broke, I just had a, uh, a shower and yeah, I was just flicking through my phone and I saw on the forum someone had posted what Damien Barrett had reported on Twitter saying, yes, confirmed. And then I went onto our Twitter account and I tried to find Damien Barrett and I realized he'd blocked us. <laughs> so we can't see any of Damo's tweets. I don't think he's blocked me. You might have blocked you. But it's the same account. So yeah. couldn't access it. So then after that, it's when the reports and other journals got onto it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it became confirmed and he did a presser four hours later and yeah, was fortunate enough. To yeah, be home and absorb all that yeah from from my bedroom pretty much. So yeah, so I guess how do you feel about the appointment? Is it he was the number one target, obviously, but for Sonia Hood was he your number one target? Oh yeah, I think he would have been number one target of most AFL clubs, yeah. <laughs> even the ones that weren't looking. No. Oh, but, um, one was potentially yeah. Yeah, no, I reckon yeah. Well, we all know what he's done and. The parallels between where he picked up Hawthorne and what they became pretty similar to us. So we think both finished a lot. Uh, we both had the number one pick coming into that year, and then he had a lot of young players, um, some veterans. So yeah, I reckon it gives me confidence that he's been down this road and he knows what he's doing. Um, and yeah, the credibility and stability he brings an unstable club is 
pretty off the charts, really. So even from the day it was announced, you could see we just became a much more appealing and um, optimistic, promising club. And yeah, and even when the media sort of looks at our list or assesses us, it's going to be there's going to be a more of a positive spin than what it would have been with any other person. So, yeah, like, he'll bring people like Viney's already sort of been into the building. We saw some footage of him walking in. And also, like, Sean Bertline's being touted. I don't know if it's true or not. But yeah, because he's been with you guys for, like, one year, right? This year, yeah. Well, he's moved his whole family down, so I don't think he's going to move again because he's got, like, four kids, but... Um, anyway, what's your expectations for next season? Not finals, but probably not wooden spoon. Yeah, so um, I think it'll take a few years for him to mould the list and the people running the players uh, to implement a better game plan. Um, but I'd expect to be competitive, like a percentage of 55% or whatever is totally unacceptable. So I'd, uh, at the very least, want to bring that up to maybe the high 70s. Um, yeah, maybe 80s, um, and get a few wins here and there. So anything between four to six wins will be a positive, I think. Uh, keeping in mind that he did take a few years to uh, get Hawthorne rolling, and for his first few years, they defeat, there were some big losses. So can't expect things to happen overnight, but I think a better team defense, structures, game plan, uh, that's the key, I think. So my, it's, it'll still take about or three years to get 60, 70 games into the recent draftees and the new incoming draft lot. But yeah, it's about a combination of hitting the draft, uh, using those priority picks, which we're apparently going to get. Uh, and also, Kako, he on radio, he mentioned the importance of nailing the late picks. And he mentioned Hawthorne and how they nailed like, Stratton, Poopolo, um, yeah, there's a whole list of them. And even trades like Hale and Gibson, all these players. Um, yeah. So in terms of players, are there any players you'd be specifically targeting and probably more likely to come across now with the Clarko appointment? Yeah, so we've been linked to Brad Hill. So he's on 900000 a year. So mm-hmm. can't imagine us taking that whole salary unless since give us a pick as well because um, that's a big contract for a, I think he's 29 almost 30 um, I'd say that he would have a few good years left he's a pretty durable player um, but yeah and I think um, yeah, played under Clarkson obviously so I think he can provide runoff half back um, through the wings uh, Liam Shields is another one under Clarkson again um, they've both been in leadership group but that's the type of player leaders I don't think we're just going to target any old player for the sake of it. They've got to be good teachers and set, set good examples at training for the youngsters to follow. So I think he'll, yeah, just trusting Clarko to do yeah, whatever he wants, really, and mould the playing list to what he wants. Uh, I'd like Gunston as well, just so you have maybe Brad Hill for defence, Shield through the midfield and Gunston up forward, but uh, I think he's been linked to Brisbane as well, so not too sure. In terms of older players, uh, looking through the uncontracted list, there's a few names that pop out. Ollie Henry from Collingwood and Will Kelly as well, who you're a fan of, hasn't been able to break into this strong Collingwood team. 
there's a few others. Yep. Yeah, I know. I was going to say Tom Phillips as well, another ex-Collingwood player. Still 26 years old and played 115 games. And he played 22 games when Clarkson was coaching them last year. So, yeah, maybe some of those players might be good to target. Um, so I guess what's the most important thing you want Clarko to do from day one? I think getting everyone in the club to be on the same page, uh, buying into where the club wants to go and the system and processes. So these are similar words David Noble used, but Clarko, also on radio, he mentioned he wants to not only make the eight, but make the eight to win silverware. So it's just not a, it's not about making finals, but it's about yeah, winning the ultimate. So I think if everyone, the playing list, the coaches, development staff can buy into that, I think that'll create a lot of belief. And and then the, out, the benefits of those will be players signing up, re- retention and recruitment, development. That'll all sort of um, yeah be on that upwards trajectory. Yeah, 100%. And definitely a, a great get. And uh, good to see Sonia Hood enjoying the victory lap that uh, she deserves. Um, so I guess part of Clarko picking the ruse is he rejected the Dons. Um, and since then, they've obviously sacked Ben Rudden. President's resigned um, before then. And then four um, board members have resigned as well today. So And, and Xavier Campbell, I think, as the um, CEO. So obviously... Yeah, there's a stability that Michael Hurley um, hadn't had, I think, for his whole career. Um, yeah, it just seems to be going downhill for that club. So what's your take on that? Well, I think today's announcements are positive. It's good news. I think Campbell's been there since... Too long, yeah. Drug saga, yeah, like 10, 12 years or something. So uh, he had to go. And the board, it does need a refresh. I don't, don't know if all of them have to go, but... Uh, I think the yeah, majority would have to go. Uh, even Sheedy, I think, in the future, he should like also stand down and Dodoro is the other one. So I think from the top down, it needs to ha- they need to have new faces, uh, not be so politically driven. Uh, the off-field is good, but I think that's at the ex- expense of what's happening on-field. And I know a lot of Essendon support is pretty obvious and they're sick of it. Um, they overrate their list every year uh, they don't want to do rebuilds because rebuilds aren't fun really it's sort of guaranteeing being at the foot of the ladder for three four five years but sometimes it's the only way to do it like you look at carlton melbourne um, even richmond who are pretty bad for a number of years they all went through that it's pretty rare when teams sort of do what geelong and sydney do uh Yes, so I reckon get, they're going to have to find a new coach. So Uze missed out on the GWS job. Do you think he's going to be the number one candidate for Essendon? Yeah, I think he's probably the oh, most credential out of the assistant coaches. Um, I mean, there's obviously, I think if you're going to go an untried coach like with McRae, like he's got Lepich and Bolton, two former senior coaches with him. So... Um, I know you mentioned Choco there. That that would be a great get. He's probably the best development coach in the country, nearly. Um, and yeah, like uh, biased. I hope Rutten goes to Port. Um, so I think he's he's a great assistant coach. Like 
very integral in the Tigers' um, start of the dynasty anyway before he went to the um, the Dons. But um, you reckon they'll go for a, a Lion or Hinkley type? Because I know yeah, Barham had said they wanted an experienced coach. Uh, yes. So Roko's podcast, I mentioned um, Lepic as a candidate as well, someone yep. who's had that experience. So you don't necessarily have to have been a coach recently or like a Lion who's played in grand finals. But um, yeah, I reckon they do need a bit of experience. It would, especially what they're going through, it's going to be hard for a rookie coach to come into what mm. is an unstable footy club and one that's not going to rebuild. I have a feeling they're just going to sort of top up if they can and compete well because they do have an okay list of young players uh so if you're going to be ruthless you'd go in and try to trade like a merit or like a parish and sort of get a few more young players so they can all come up at the same time but yeah i reckon they're going to go for for an experienced coach i suspect would you let hinkley would you be happy if hinkley joined SNL? um i think i'd yeah, I don't think it's a. I think it's a good result for either party. I, I would have said the same thing if Clarko rejected the rules and they went after Hinkley. Um, he's on a one-year contract, as I said last week. Unless we make the grand final, he won't get recontracted. Um, so he's probably on a hiding to nothing. And I think we are due for a, a, a fresh voice. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't mind it at all. Right. Okay. And Kingsley was appointed GWS. GWS coach over I think yesterday actually. Yeah, so um sixteen year um apprenticeship I think with Port Saints and the Tigers got rave reviews from all three clubs. Um great story. I think at the end of twenty or two thousand and three he was delisted by Choco for not meeting fitness standards. Um you've seen his body now yeah looked, <laughs> ripped, looked as ripped as a player. Um he got back on track. I think he went on a, a fitness kick for a few months, got re listed um and then played in the premiership yeah less than 12 months later so um yeah great story and yeah hope he hope he goes well yeah he's huge in some of those photos so he was at the saints i think for a period of time when they were pretty average so i think he'd know what it is to have an average list and then go to a successful team like the tigers and do what they've done so you've got a few coaches now doing the rounds at other clubs yeah i think i counted 10 out of the 22 have either been senior or assistant coaches, so it's pretty much 50%. Yeah, it's a big number. So, um, yeah, we'll just quickly wrap, wrap up the final round. Uh, yeah, I think Carlton not making the finals is the biggest story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I sort of didn't pay much attention to it after three-quarter time and then looked at the score after the game and couldn't believe it. Do you think it's been a successful year for Carlton? Yeah, I think it has. Um, but it is a, a massive failure to miss finals from, I think, they were eight and two. Uh, I know they had injuries like Weedering and uh, Miss Waltz for the last game too, but um, you've got McKay, Kerno, Weedering, Cripps, Walsh, um, yeah, Doherty and Saad probably having all Australian-type years. Um yeah, there's just no way you should be missing finals. At loss to Adelaide, um, yeah, absolutely crucial. Should have won that. Um, should have beaten the Ds, two goals in the dying minutes, and then the Pies obviously should have won that game. So really should have won the yeah, three more games. Yeah, I think so. I think 
I didn't really have much expectation of Carlton going in. I didn't sort of rate them particularly highly. I thought it would have taken was uh, a year to get uh, it rolling. But um, yeah, they sort of ex- based on that, I think they did exceed my ex- expectations a little bit. I could also see them sort of this galvanizing the group. Uh, all their gun players are sort of just hitting their prime now. So you can imagine they could do what Richmond did and sort of just absolutely dominate for a couple of years and make go deep into finals and maybe you know, win a grand final. Um, yeah, they don't have too many holes. I think they're pretty pretty good list, pretty youthful. And yeah, even though it was pretty funny, but um, they missed finals. I, yeah, I think it's the future's bright. And how do you Go. feel about my uh, <laughs> dig at Silvani getting 120 likes and oh. your actual your, uh. your journalistic comments not getting much <laughs> like neg- neg- ne- negativity gets a lot more attention <laughs> oh 100 percent. i think i think the first part is silvani called the roo shit which i think there's no denying the team has been yeah. shit. i think even as a root supporter but obviously if you're going to do that um yeah i don't think he touched much of the ball in the, in the duo yeah, game yeah yeah, get more than two kicks and don't give away, I think, five free kicks again. Yeah, he gave away a free kick where I think Colonel or McKay marked the ball. So that yeah, could have won the game then and there. So, um, yeah, I think I, I agree with both sides. Yeah, it should be interesting to see that matchup next year. Um, yeah, especially if both players play. Yeah, 100%. We'll move on to the game reviews. And the Ruse went down to the Suns. Um, did it lower the high after the Clarko appointment or didn't detract from it? Um, I think there was a bit of, of that emotional high that went into mm. the game, especially in the first half. And we were pretty competitive, uh, but yeah, we sort of faded after that, especially after maybe five or ten minutes out into three-quarter time. So we went down to Gold Coast by 100 and, 114 to 47. So... Again, it was just another standard 10-plus goal loss. Um, it was a bit of an nothing game. Our players especially had checked out. No pressure, really. But there were still a lot of mistakes. So I think both teams do have a lot to improve. Uh, our best was um, probably Aiden Core, especially in the first half, and Davy Juniak as well, consistent. Uh, Jai Simpkin and Curtis Taylor were also good with 25 touches each. Uh, so you'd think all those players will be featuring in the best and fairest, probably taken up by Davies Juniak and maybe throwing Lucky as well um, to finish high. And there was a Dupuy and how did he fare? Yeah, uh, Josh Goda, who we picked up with pick 22 or 23 last year. So uh, he's been developing quietly in the VFL, uh, even though a lot of supporters wanted him in early, I think. The coaching staff would know when was the best time to bring him in. Bring him in. So I think he just had to work on his defensive game a bit more. So he came in for the last game and he played really well. Played like a hundred gamer really. I had twenty one touches. I think should have kicked a running goal as well in the last quarter. I think. But um, yeah, his first kick was a laser to the middle of the mm-hmm. ground, which opened up the play. Went straight to get yeah, Goldie, and we got a goal out of that. Um, yes, so 
the thing that stood out for me is when a player debuts, they generally come out and play with their natural flair. So they haven't been taught structures as thoroughly yet. I don't think that's been drilled into them. So they come in and they just play naturally what made them a star at junior level. So, um, and like opposition teams don't know how they play, so it's a bit harder to match up on or get that right. So I think a lot of players do tend to have good games early on, and then after that they sort of maybe not stagnate, but sort of other teams will work them out and they sort of start to implement defensive structures a bit more, and that sort of takes away from their natural um, yeah, game style, uh, which makes it look like they stagnate. But um, and that's happened to quite a lot of our players. They start really well and they sort of slow down. Like mm-hmm. I guess Tom Powell would be an example of that. Um and yeah, guys like Jack Marnie as well, really, Eddie Ford. Uh, so hopefully Clarko can correct that and, yeah, just let them play naturally a bit more as well as being defensively minded. To go it up, where do you think his best position is long-term? I know it's early, but... Yeah, good question. He's got, like, a very long gait. He's very tall, like 191 centimetres and very quick, so... You could see coming off a half-back flank like Virtual did in, yeah, the Hawthorne and they were really good, or, or a wing as well. So he played, ju- played midfield in juniors, but, um, yeah, maybe he could spend spurts in there. But, yeah, I reckon we need a good winger like that. So maybe like Graham Virtual or even like Isaac Smith type role. So, yeah, well, we'll keep the pre- reviews short this week. Um, yeah. You guys had a showdown and you were able to win showdown number 27th time? Yeah, I think it's 27, 25 now, 52. So, um, pre-match hype was um, by Jonas and Wines calling the Crows arrogant and entitled. So, um, yeah, surprising, surprising to see that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think what's come out since is they just wanted to make sure that we were um, primed for Gray's last match. Um, um, I wouldn't be calling other teams arrogant in the entire, by the way, but um, yeah, just making sure we're switched on because it was a dead rubber, um, and the only thing to play for was Robbie Gray, um, who is, yeah, I think the AFL GOAT, him and Treaders can probably fight that one out. Um, Crow's trademark pressure, I think, being there under Knicks, that's probably the thing that gives, I think, their fans a bit of hope. Uh, it's only a seven-point margin at halftime, but then... Yeah, eleven goal to three second half has showed the I think the real gap between the two teams. Um, yeah, just yeah, on that pressure, like yeah, that's showing. I think the top two tacklers are Sam Berry and Led. Led someone is yeah. it okay? Um, just so yeah, they're really good at tackling and in close. So how'd you guys go on the clearance? Bits, by the way, um, it was plus five, um, even contested, but um, on the outside is where we won plus hundred and seven, plus forty nine marks, um, and yeah, plus twenty percent. Um, inside 50 efficiency. So that just shows the gap um, between the two teams. And um, Connor Rosie just added another accolade to his season. Best game, not best game, best play when the game was won in the second half. Um, it lit up the, the stats and, yeah, Butters was great again. And I think um, that's probably been probably the biggest positive. Him and Butters are now elite mids. And um, finally, yeah, two others to join Wines and Bokes, Boke, um, which is great. 
Yeah, and he's made the All-Australian all squad, so I think he might you know, sneak onto that bench, at least, Rosie, which will be announced soon. Um, yeah, but now you had to win, I reckon. If you hadn't dropped this one, you would have finished with the same amount of wins at, as that. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah still, still been... one, one, one win ahead is not um, yeah, the best, or two wins ahead is not the best two what wins. we would have hoped for. Um, obviously, we're only playing finals, but yeah. Um, good to finish the season off strong with two um, beltings. Marshall kicked 40, he got 45 for the season and might be the number one key forward next season. Um, Aaliyah, second week in a row, dominating the number one key forward. Comprehensive beat Tex. Um, Farrell had his career game, so maybe he's found his position off half back as that um, ball user. And Dersma's been had a really great last fortnight too, um, and hopefully carries that into next season. Yeah, so fascinating team port, I believe. I think it'll be interesting to do a full review. Uh, yeah, on them. And we'll do one for both parts. I mean. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, we'll move on to our, oh, well, your, our whole Australian final yeah. uh, 22. They don't have a sub, do they? They just go with the traditional. 22. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it'll be next season, too. Maybe it'll be a five interchange bench. Uh, in terms of, Omissions and um, unlucky omissions. Uh, sorry, notable omissions. I think Nick Dakel probably should have been in there. Best rebounder for, I think, the fourth place team. Um, Sam Darcy from Frio. He's backed up his BNF season. And the fifth, um, Doherty, I thought was better than Saad. And those three have missed the, the 44-man squad. So I thought they were pretty unlucky. Um, in terms of surprising picks, you mentioned Laird before. He's averaging six turnovers a game. So I think there's more damaging mids out there. Um, Weedering missed four out of 22 matches and like when it counted Carlton's backline didn't hold up um, so he's the, the architect behind it so needs to have responsibility and Josh Kelly was a surprising pick too only nine goals um, averaging four clearances and four inside 50s um, yeah, yeah. GWS are probably a bottom four bottom five team so yeah I reckon yeah Kelly didn't, shouldn't have got in I think yeah Jake Oss is stiff do you reckon Nick Dacos had a better year than Josh Dacos? I've got Josh in my 22. So um, I don't think he was as good as Josh, but um, definitely should have made the 44-man squad. Right. Yeah, okay. Interesting. I, f- I find um, Nick a bit more damaging. Than oh, he's definitely yeah. I, I, I think the thing with Nick is there's a lot more um, uh, dominant halfback flankers compared to wingers, where Josh um, played this season. But... Um, yeah, so I guess you've gone for more of a traditional winger. Like normally they just spill the midfielders onto the wings, but um, yeah. So yeah, I'll go to the twenty-two, but obviously you, you call me out when I'm wrong, which I'm sure you will. Um, uh, so. No, look, there go, and I will see. Yeah, I'm sure you don't agree with everything, which is fine. That's good. Um, good debate. So backline, I've gone with Cal Wilkie, who's had a great probably three seasons now. Um, Stephen May is the fullback, and Tom Stewart is the intercepting tall halfbacks. Um, Angus Brayshaw from the D's, Sam Taylor, who yeah probably avoided you know another ten goals um, per week for the Giants, and um, Sinclair from the Saints. Um, wingers, Josh Dacos in the centre. Andrew Brayshaw, who might win the Brownlow, and Chad Warne on the wing. Probably doesn't play on the wing, but I don't think there's been enough dominant wingers. Half forwards, Shea Bolton and Charlie Kerno. Jeremy Cameron as the centre half forward. Forward pockets, 
Charlie Cameron and Tyson Stengel, Tom Lynch, full forward. Uh, Rucks, Gorn, Neil and Oliver. And on the bench, I've got Litzars, who's probably the best utility in the game, over a second ruck. Um, Cripps, Mills and Rosie. So um, out of those spots, who would you change? Uh, I reckon the ruck has been... There's been not many... Too many dominant rucks this year, right? I don't know about Gorn. I thought Wits had a really a good year. Okay, yeah. He tapered off towards the end a little bit. But uh, I, I didn't really watch a lot of Melbourne games. But, yeah, I reckon, I don't know, maybe we judge Gorn a bit harsh because he's been such a gun for so long. But, yeah, maybe I'd consider Wits. Maybe bring Gorn onto the bench. Uh, yeah, with Josh Dacos. He's had a good year, but I don't know. I'd be almost tempted to spill a midfielder onto that wing. Uh, just maybe someone, maybe, I don't know. Mills, but he's a sentiment, right? So it's a bit hard. Um, yeah. Took Miller. There's, yeah, there's a lot of mids, obviously, as always. Petrarca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Miller should have maybe stuck up. Yeah. Maybe. Our top Lynch is an interesting one, I reckon. He has really good games and he has really average games. So um, I like to re- reward a bit of consistency, maybe. So probably, if I'm going to play this team, I'll take out one of the tall and Lynch would be the one to go. Yeah. You'd have, have Cameron and Turner, and then you bring in maybe Rosie onto a flank or something because yeah. he can play forward. Um, other than that, yeah, I'm not too unhappy. Uh, I think Warner's a good selection. He's been. He's really good. He's so young yeah. as well. Yeah, Brownlow Smokey potentially. John has his first dominant season, but yeah, could easily see him getting 20 plus votes. Uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah, I think you're going to be close to it, I reckon. Maybe plus or minus three or four players. 100%. So um, they're obviously only going to announce the team tonight. We'll see. I'll find out how wrong I am. Um, so. Um, yeah, we got obviously a finals bye this week, so um, we'll try and get an episode up in the next couple of weeks. Um, maybe review some finals, talk about season reviews of both of our teams. Um, and there's obviously trade and um, the draft season coming up, which is your Christmas, as always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so the draft is, I think, a bit later on. There's another one more championships game, to so maybe I'll try to watch that big metro and big country. Um, While we're on it, you've obviously got pick one, so that's going to be Ashcroft probably to the uh, line. Yeah. Who, yeah. who's your? Who do you think will get to you at pick one or pick two? I really want. <laughs> we really want Harry Schiesel, the okay. Andrenham mid forward or forward mid. Uh, yeah, a lot of comparisons to Pendlebury in terms of ball use and Toby Green in terms of. Kicks goals, uh, yeah. Kicking, yeah. So, but the the knock would be he's not as quick. He's not super quick, but may suffer in terms of his football smarts. But um, yeah, Elijah Sardis is another one that sort of had a really good game. He came back from injury and it's been dominating like he hadn't been injured. So, I, I think that in itself is a really good sign of a top quality player. So, maybe if he had played the whole year, maybe he could have challenged Ashcroft. Uh. Yeah, so 38 possessions and like 
13 inside 50 something. So, yeah, it's hard running quick wingman. So, we need maybe a wingman and, yeah, someone like a Shizel. Well, uh, yeah, so the top, I think Ashcroft, Wardlaw, Shizel, and Sardis are the top top four. And Aaron yeah. Cadman, the tall Kurt, Charlie Kernow type forward, is the fifth one in that. Top five. Inside top. mid, like you're not stacked, but you've got obviously Cunnington, LDU, um, Powell if he comes through, and Phillips as well. So you've got, you know, a good balance there. So maybe some outside run, like you said. Yeah, but being bottom, you sort of can't. You've got to take best available. I still think. So. Uh, and it'll be interesting if we do sort of trade pick one. I, I don't want to drop out of that top four. So hmm. looking to either trade with GWS or who's the other team? West Coast, maybe. Or Essendon, yeah. But, yeah, interesting times. We'll see how we go. We'll um, yeah, catch you guys in a few weeks. All right, see ya.